so my name is Brittany. My pronouns are she and her, and I am a survivor of sexual assault. And I both love and loathe that I have to share this story because I know it is not a unique experience. So many people experience different forms of sexual violence. And with my telling of my, my own story and my own experiences, I'm hoping that others can feel not as alone or isolated in this experience because sadly it is so, so common. So I've experienced many different kinds of sexual violence in my life. Unfortunately, as a feminized person, it's kind of something we grow up with and it happens to many of us um, throughout the course of our our youth and into our adulthood. Um, But the particular instance that I will share about today is uh, one that happened in a workplace. So before I began my career in marketing and communications, I was a bartender at a music venue. And this music venue was a lot of fun to work at. We saw a lot of great shows and the entire team was for the most part, just really great. And we were very close and we had a lot of fun together. Um, However, some of the ownership of this venue did not share in that same kind of positive culture. And um, I know I was not the only one that was impacted by their actions. And so uh, one night I was working and the owner, one of the owners, there were three who were in there all the time. He was extremely, extremely inebriated. And he began to grab me very inappropriately many times. And I told him to stop, wouldn't stop. He was so, so drunk. And so I walked away and went to do another task. Um, and I was feeling really like annoyed and uncomfortable. This was someone that I had brainstormed before, like different event ideas. I was really, really passionate about the local music scene. So I was excited to get that chance to be able to be more involved. So he and I would sit and brainstorm and, and chat ideas. And I thought we had had a very good working relationship up until that point. Um, so I felt really disrespected and just like grossed out by the entire, uh, thing. And so after a while I returned back, he was still at the same spot in the bar. And, um, one of my good friends had just started, um, working with this venue as well. And he, his role was to book shows. And so he was chatting with the owner of the bar And I joined them and then the same thing started to happen again. He was getting really grabby and touching me in extremely inappropriate ways. And, um, I could, you know, I could still, I've done a lot of therapy around this and a lot of healing, but I can still remember like the way his breath smelled, which is a totally normal thing for people with trauma experiences, those kind of sensory memories. So if that's something you're experiencing too, um, if you're also a survivor of any sort of trauma, that's pretty normal. Unfortunately, it's not a fun memory. Um, but yeah, my friend was there thankfully, and he pulled the owner away from me, which was very helpful and great. Um, he did not handle it well. And so we kicked him out of the bar. So after that happened, I was feeling really not, you know, unexcited to go back into work and see this person and have to um, pretend like everything is okay. Um, Cause that's often the case. Um, I think for a lot of survivors, it's, it's, it's really 
more normal for um, assault to occur with someone that the victim or the survivor knows rather than just a stranger in a dark alley kind of trope. Um, so going into work was not a fun notion. I would work in different places. Um, I started doing social media for the venue. So I would work from coffee shops and, and basically avoid going into the venue unless absolutely necessary. And nobody really did anything about it. So I told managers, I told people that this had happened because I was angry and uncomfortable and I knew other people were getting treated in similar ways. So I started raising a bit of a fuss and nothing was done. And then finally, um, months after this had taken place, I think seven months had gone by, seven or eight months. And the owners were planning to hire someone at a previous bar um, that I had worked with who had also been emotionally abusive to me and sexually exploitative, um, toward other members of the staff. Um, so I was, I think rightfully so very upset that this was going to happen. And so I spoke out against that as well and mentioned my discomfort and, the owners laughed in my face when I faced them. And this was the first time I was in the same room with the person who assaulted me for the first time in all of those months. And this was so important to me and the rest of the staff that I needed to do it. I needed to go into the room and tell them how I was feeling. And yeah, they, they laughed essentially and didn't take me seriously. There was no apology offered. Um, right after the assault, my friend told the owner what he had done. And he sent me an email where my name was spelled wrong and basically said, um, like, it, he never said the words, I'm sorry. He just said, I was so drunk. I don't remember what happened. Um, I was told what happened. I regret it. Um, thanks for working for our company kind of thing, like a non-apology, which is also very common. <laughs> Um, so during this meeting, I was expressing my concerns and, um, I quit, I, I walked out and then, I mean, this was when the height of the me too stuff was happening. So, you know, I'd been exposed to a few different methods of people going through sexual violence and sexual assault, um, through the media and, while I usually like to settle my affairs and my conflicts privately through conversation and healing and transformative justice methodologies, this was impossible to achieve with this certain group of people um, because they were not willing to apologize or take accountability. So I sat with this for a few days after leaving my job and um, spent a lot of time with friends, a lot of time crying and um, freaking out that I had just quit a job and had no backup plan. And I decided because I felt as though they were creating an unsafe environment for the community, I decided to share my experience on social media. And I did not expect it to gain as much traction as it did. Um, and it became the headline for like the next few weeks in, in our community and the venue shut down within 48 hours of me sharing my story on social media. And it became this larger thing than I ever thought it would ever be. Um, and it certainly wasn't my intention to 
you know, shut down the venue. I was blamed for everyone losing their jobs. People were really mad at me and I received a lot of backlash and like violent threats and a death threat, um, which, you know, isn't a fun, um, isn't a fun piece of correspondence to receive. Um, and then former employees put up posters up and down the main streets of our town with my full name on them, calling me a liar and that I had used my position for some sort of clout or something. And I can tell you even now to this day, years later, that no survivor ever wants this kind of attention. If I wanted attention, I would be like a burlesque dancer or something cool, you know? This is not a fun kind of attention that anyone wants to receive. And um, yeah, I did a lot of media interviews speaking about it, my experience. And then um, I decided to access the criminal legal system and I filed charges against him. Uh, and that's a whole nother level and layer of sexual assault and trauma that um, no one can really prepare for, I don't think. The system isn't set up to deal with um, survivors' pain and trauma and um, any of that experience in a positive way. So that was its own layer of trauma on top of the backlash and the publicity and um, the unresolved tensions and pain that existed just interpersonally between myself and former employees and the the owners that had directly caused this harm. It was a nightmare. So two years later, um, went through the court process um, and he didn't display any more um, uh, didn't seem like he was sorry. Still, he had like 50 people show up to court for his um, one count of sexual assault charge. Um, they were all wearing blue in support of police for some reason. And um, it was just terrible. And then I was mocked and belittled in the courtroom. One of his supporters cursed me she like I turned around to to see if everyone had left before I left the courtroom and she looked me dead in the eye and said I curse you and people were laughing at me while I was reading my victim impact statement and it was just one of the worst days ever you know I still have friends there I'm I'm very very loved and supported and I'm so so grateful for for all the love in my life and all the support in my life. Thank goodness for those people. But just the fact that people would take time out of their day to belittle um, someone going through this experience still just really perplexes me. Um, it's rather mind blowing. And then the final day was the sentencing when we, when we learned what would, what would become of this official charge. And so um, he was told the crown uh, defense lawyer, she, or the crown prosecutor told the defense lawyer that uh, I don't think he was allowed to have any people in the courtroom with him because of uh, that display from the first court date, which was um, comforting <laughs> to some degree. And then he, um, he was sentenced um, to, I think, a year of probation and now has to live as a sex offender for the next 10 years. Um, and honestly, like the, the court system was almost 
worse than the entire process of just being assaulted and um, like bullied and mocked online for standing up for myself. I don't think anyone in any workplace should have to deal with being groped inappropriately by their employer. I think that's wrong. And I said something. And so as hard as it was, I would probably still do it again because um, I know it, it spurred a lot of hard conversations in our community and um, galvanized a group of people to um, create safer spaces within music venues. And um, as much as it was really painful and exhausting and terrible, um, I think the positivity that came out of it is something that at least I can hold on to and it helped heal my heart a little bit faster. Um, so to any survivors out there who might be listening, know that it is not your fault. You are not what happened to you. And I believe you.